Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's around the house. Now, here's my question for you. When was the last time that you jumped up and walked around your house and took a look at the cracks in the foundation to see if you can see every, you know, little bit of foundation to see if you're having cracks or not? Now, some of the most common things you'll see, I mean, concrete is going to crack. There's no guarantee against that. But what can happen is you can have settling, you can have a pipe broken, you can have clay soil, and ignoring foundation damage gets to be a bigger issue. It's just like having a wet basement. Ignoring that wet basement can be very expensive. Because what happens is, is after a while, you'll get effort. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know. But we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Around the House Show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Well, last weekend, I was out in the Tri-Cities, Washington, Pasco, Kennewick, and Richland. And I was over there with my friends at KONA Radio for Water Follies and Unlimited Hydroplane Racing. It was a ton of fun. It was a lot of fun going on my hometown radio station that I used to grow up, which is now, of course, for a number of years, been an affiliate for around the house here. So it's uh, been great to hang out with those guys, and I always appreciate it when I get to go out and uh, hit the road a little bit and spend some time with one of the many radio stations across the country, especially one from my hometown. Well, today we're going to talk about, in hour one, the top 10 mistakes that can cost you the most when you repair your home. And these are things that... Uh, that if you're a homeowner can be very expensive if you don't pay attention to these things. So we're going to go through my top 10 here, and they're really important, and they're things to keep an eye out on. And these are the things that if you ignore it, this is kind of like paying attention to medical things like, wow, I got a little chest pain. I'm going to ignore that. And these are those kind of things in your house that you want to pay attention to just like that. So maybe we can get you more informed and more in tuned that can save you some money on taking care of that house. This episode is brought to you by Root Quencher and RootQuencher.com. If you want to have those trees and bushes living well and saving yourself some money on water, check out my friends at Root Quencher and RootQuencher.com. Number one, and it's relating to summertime especially now, but it also goes to wintertime, your HVAC system and tune-ups. Now, if you've got wall heat, With forced air heaters, that's one thing. You still got to clean those out and maintain them. Baseboard heat, not so much. You know, uh, boilers need to be maintained, but HVAC systems tend to get forgotten the most. And it's because every six months to a year, you should have somebody coming out and doing a tune-up on that thing and making sure that it's working correctly. And it seems that about 95% of the times that I have seen failures where they had to call out somebody because the heat's not working or the AC's not working, These were things that could have been prevented early on. And sometimes that maintenance where you could have spent just a little time cleaning will make it so your system runs less efficient and you're reducing the lifespan of this stuff. 
And now that where things are getting more technologically advanced on HVAC systems, you know, you could spend 15 to 20 grand really easy on a small house on a quality HVAC system. So you want to maintain it. So here are the things to probably help you get the most out of that system. Now, depending on the climate where you're at, you're going to need one or two times a year, people are going to need to come out and do a tune-up on it. And for me, I prefer to have somebody in the spring when it's warm outside, come out and run that each, you know, the, the heating system or actually the cooling system. And then when I come in into fall and it's cooling off, get the heating system. Now, if it's a heat pump, it's the same kind of thing. So you just want to have somebody be in through there at least once a year and tune that thing up. Because what they do is they go through and they'll test to make sure you don't have any big leaks. They're going to look and see, you know, if everything is working correctly, that starting capacitors and things like that are doing what they need to do. So these are all kind of keys that you want to pay attention to because this is the stuff that can save you some serious money if you get on it early. So HVAC system and tune-ups and keeping that maintenance person out there. One little trick is many times you can get out there and have somebody into a service contract. So you assign a service contract with the company that's going to maintain it. Usually that does a couple things. One, it's cheaper than just paying for the service. And then two, if you have a breakdown, it usually gets you on the short list for sending somebody out there on an emergency basis because nobody wants to have to pay to somebody to go out there when the heat's down, you know, and it's Sunday afternoon and it's 30 degrees in your house or, or even worse, 120 degrees. You know, these are things you don't have to pay that trip, that extra chip charge for. And many times those service contracts will get you in at a better deal. So something to talk about with your HVAC service provider. Now, here's another one that's easy to do this time of year. And this is called not caulking and keeping your house weather tight. I tell you what, all I have been doing on the outside of my house this year is working on where previous homeowners didn't do the right maintenance and keep things caulked up and sealed up because I have more carpenter ant damage in little locations. You know, nothing like bigger than a dinner plate, but when I get into it, it's like another big project. And so these are things that uh, I'm tracking around. And if you keep that caulking up to speed, and of course, when you do, buy good caulk. Like there's stuff from uh, Sashco made called Big Stretch that that moves a lot more, so it gives you a lot more flexibility, which means you have to caulk less. But really, that caulking is one, is going to help stop pest damage because you haven't got a freeway into the structure. Two, on a rainy day, it's going to stop water damage. It's going to keep mold from growing because you're going to keep it dry back there. And as well as keep dry rot under control because you have not exposed things in the framing to the elements. And these are keys. So really spend some time going around a couple times a year, you know, and make sure that all the caulking is correct around doors, windows, openings, that kind of stuff. And that'll keep, uh, it'll do a better job of not having the sugar ants come in carpenter ants, termites, all that other stuff. You want to make sure that uh, you've got that stuff done and keep an eye out for what's going on out there on the outside of your house because that's where the damage occurs and it also drags it inside. Now, another thing to consider is that also that air infiltration is usually contributing to heat and cooling loss inside the house. So anything you can do to keep that stuff down and now that we're getting into late summer in my area, this is where I call spider season, where the spiders are starting to get aggressive, they're getting big, they're getting ready to nest, and the more you can do to get that house sealed up and tight is going to be part of that. 
Now, another thing too here that's not on this list, but it's a good thing to do when you're thinking about this is making sure that crawl space or basement is dialed in as well, because so much air is coming out of that crawl space. If you're getting the house sealed up tight, make sure that you've got all the plastic down there and a vapor barrier down in that crawl space to make sure you're looking good. That's another trick there for indoor air quality and making sure that you've got things really clean. So here's the next one here that we'll talk a little bit more up in the next hour, but this is another one here. Is people ignoring water leaks in the bathroom and kitchen? Now, I've got a neighbor over here that I don't know very well because they were kind of kitty corner and, and they're backed up against a very small corner of my house. But these guys moved and when they moved, they did an inspection and realized when they're putting the house up for sale that they had about $150,000 worth of damage. Now, $150,000 of the water damage is a ton in a house that's under 20 years old. And what seemed like happened is that they had a small water leak that was upstairs in one of the bathrooms on a common wall between two bathrooms. So that water leak took it out. And then it came down that stud bay down into the kitchen and got in behind the kitchen under the kitchen. So this got them the trifecta of two kitchen, uh, one kitchen and two bathrooms in a remodel. And we come back here, we'll talk about some of those warning signs because I'll be honest, I don't know these people, so I'm not going to sit here and hammer on my former neighbors. But at the same point, if you were paying attention to your house, you would know that you had a musty water damage that took out that much damage because there are warning signs that are going to come up and you're going to go, huh, wonder what's causing that. And these are things that can really save you a ton of money because now they've got a remodel that's going on for months and they were hoping to sell their house because they had moved. And uh, I think they're in two of probably four or five months of remodel. They'd hoped to have it on the market as of this last week. It's not close. So these are things that are going to take a lot of time and money out of them, all while I'm sure they're making two house payments. So this is going to get to be very expensive. We come back, we're going to talk more about those warning signs just as soon as Around the House returns. show this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education thanks for joining me today i'm eric g now hey if you want to find out more about us head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and you can find a bunch of stuff there and then uh, we have our youtube videos over there as well we've got over 100 videos up there from made in usa stuff all hosted by me and it's something for you to take a look at there's a ton of stuff happening i want to see what's going on out there so please make your comments to me and you can head over and message me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can just hit me up over to roundthehouseonline.com. We've been talking about today the top 10 mistakes that cost you the most in repairs to your home. And one of the big ones we were talking about here is water leaks in the bathroom and kitchen. And so I have a neighbor that we were talking about that has a ton of damage. And uh, these are things that happen a lot. And here's things that I want you to take a look at and pay attention to. If you have a humidity problem inside your house, that's where you start looking at leaks. And what do you have going on? Mold testing can tell you that as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later on one of the other numbers here. But 
These water damage leaks sometimes can be covered by insurance as long as it's not considered a flood where water comes from the outside into the home or neglect where you knew that things were going on and you just kind of ignored it and you could have prevented it from happening. And so here's where the common places are that we see water damage in a bathroom, for instance. Bathroom, it's usually a shower failing where you had an incorrect tile job done, you had somebody not waterproof that, you had somebody that did not um, do the pan or you broke the pan, or just something that completely failed. Now, one of the most common things, we'll talk about this in the next hour, is not doing the waterproofing correctly. I'd say a majority of the time, I see issues with waterproofing on most tile jobs that are done by homeowners or contractors that are not professional tile setters. It's a big problem out there. But the other part you see too is under the sink, you might have a trap leaking or you might have something like that or a toilet that's leaking around that. So anytime that you see water damage, mold, softness of the floor, those are warning signs. Now, when you get to a kitchen, they're in different spots. Probably the most common that I've seen is the ice maker line or the ice maker itself failing on the refrigerator freezer and that water leaking onto the floor and causing a damage. That is a common one. So that's one way to go. The other common one is the dishwasher leaking and the bottom seal going out and warping the floor up there. Those are another common one, just as is the dishwasher, uh, not dishwasher, but the garbage disposal. When that bottom bearing fails, water starts dripping. Those get to be minor ones. Now, one of the biggest and most expensive ones is in the laundry room where the hoses to the washing machine fail. Uh, and when that fails, it literally blows stuff all over everywhere. And it's like a garden hose running. And if you're not home, this can go on for hours to days, all because most likely somebody had a rubber, black rubber hose back there that should have been swapped out to something that was much kinder, like one of the braided ones that will last so much longer. Now, these are important so you can get these things not leaking. So, um, because, and the reason why you see this was washing machines and even dishwashers do, when you and I turn a faucet on and off, we're semi-gentle about it. But when you have an electric solenoid that clicks off, boom, it hits hard. And guess what happens? When that thing turns off, it's like a gate getting slammed shut and all that water hits it. And so it's really hard on the hose. So that hose keeps getting expanded, contracting, expanding, contracting. And finally, gives up the ghost, and it likes to flood your house. So these are things to be really careful with because this can get very expensive. Now, one of the next ones um, that can be very expensive is roof damage. Now, roof damage is a key here because this can be done by hail. It can be done by wind. It could be done by the door-to-door salesperson trying to get you to come up on the roof and pressure wash and get the moss off with your roof. Pressure washer on a asphalt composite shingle, unless you are a professional doing a soft wash, is a really bad idea because those granules are what protect your house. Those granules are what's there that's important. And guess what happens? They blow those right off the top. You got a heck of a mess. So something to think about. Do not let somebody up on your roof to pressure wash it. Now, Here's another mistake that happened, and this happened at my brother's house here this last year. 
He has a three-story house, um, old 1920s thing like they do. And he let a painting company jump up on the roof. And he's got green architectural shingles that are really pretty. Let him up on there, hire these guys to do it because he just didn't want to be three, three stories up on an extension ladder. Totally get it. Well, they didn't tarp everything off. And so they dripped all of this white paint on the green roof. And then they came up there and made some cleanup efforts that were poor with grinding wheels and stuff. And this insurance company had to pay 40 plus thousand dollars for a new roof to go on my brother's house because of the painting mistakes that they made. So these are key pieces here to make sure that when you're hiring people, when you're um, dealing with them in this manner, this is important. And uh, that's another one of the mistakes that we've always talked about on the show, making sure that anybody working on your house is licensed, bonded, insured. Because he hired somebody that was licensed, bonded, insured, he had a place to go back to because they at first did not want to pay to fix the roof. And because it was a covered porch that you could see and they're on a hill slope coming down, you would see this. So it wasn't something that was hiding. It was something that would be pretty visible. And as soon as they started to grind off with a wire wheel, the green, you know, uh, basically finish that's on it with the, with the little pieces of aggregate, once they started removing that, they were turning them into black shingles. So again, these are issues that you see as far as having a color and having that get washed off there. So be very careful on a shingled roof, you know, with a architectural type, you know, composite three tab, that can be a problem. And I've seen some damage done done to uh, if you have some of those old 70s cedar shingle roofs as well. So when in doubt, hiring somebody to come up and clean your roof, and you need to maintain it, you need to keep the moss off, the dirt off, all that stuff, you need to keep this clean. Because you want to get 30 years out of a 30-year roof. You want to get 50 years out of a 50-year roof. So the more you can do to keep that working correctly and not having it you know, come apart is good. So with that, uh, my advice to keep these mistakes from happening, if you're not an expert, have a roofing company come out and take a look and inspect it every two or three years or after big storms. Pay them to come up, take a look at it, do any repairs that are needed, stay on top of this. That way you don't have to do it later. And if you stay on top of those repairs, you know, and making sure that you have some of those shingles that are extra put away so you can use them for repairs, that's how you're going to save some money on keeping that roof. Because if you have to, if you put up a 30-year roof and you mistreat it or don't maintain it and it lasts you 15 years, man, you're going to have to spend another 25 or 35 or 45,000 bucks to put a roof on. That gets expensive and you didn't have to do it that way. More tips when Around the House returns. We'll be right back. the most out of your home through information education. Hey, uh, if you want to join us up, we do have a 
kind of an insider program, which is uh, on the podcast over here. We're going to have some exclusive content coming up, and uh, that's going to be fun. And that is our Around the House Insider subscription, and you can actually get the podcast a couple days early if you subscribe to that. And we're going to have some here in August. We're going to have a couple exclusive episodes that you can catch over there that will be for all of you guys only. So we appreciate you on the radio show or the podcast, whichever one you're tuning to out there. And I re- really appreciate everybody supporting the sponsors that you hear in the show, whether it's on the radio or the podcast. We've been talking about the top 10 mistakes that cost you the most and trying to keep that home repaired. And uh, we were just talking about power washing on a shingle roof, which can be really bad. Next up is ignoring foundation damage and water intrusion. Now, here's my question for you. When was the last time that you jumped up and walked around your house and took a look at the cracks in the foundation to see if you can see every, you know, little bit of foundation to see if you're having cracks or not? Now, some of the most common things you'll see, I mean, concrete is going to crack. There's no guarantee against that. But what can happen is, is you can have settling, you can have a pipe broken, you can have clay soil. And ignoring foundation damage gets to be a bigger issue. It's just like having a wet basement. Ignoring that wet basement can be very expensive. Because what happens is, is after a while, you'll get efflorescence, where the water is grabbing the minerals and dragging it through, and it's breaking down that concrete. So if I have seen some homes that were grossly negligent in their foundation, Here's a story that was a horror story that I had that was absolutely horrible. I felt bad for these people. Called me up to come take a look at their house. Guy was a truck driver, had his 20-year-old kids that were living in the house during the time he was on the road. He couldn't figure out why his refrigerator was jammed up against the cabinet so hard. Well, it was wintertime. I pop open the door to the crawl space, and it looked like I opened up a steam shower comes rolling out and I'm like, we got a problem. So I get my head under the house and realize that they were running laundry at the time. And the water line that went from the washer and dryer, the drain line that went all the way across the kitchen that was made out of, of uh, galvanized had rotted out and had been running for years in the crawl space. So much so that when they were doing laundry with a top-load washing machine, it was 50 gallons a load, it was washing out. And so it had washed out underneath the kitchen sink so badly that the foundation had collapsed in there, and it was just hanging there off the house. And the floor had sunk so much right there that the hall between, I mean, the door between the, the kitchen and the refrigerator there at the end of the kitchen had sunk in so much it had bound up and it was holding up against the cabinets and that was keeping the house from dropping down there and partially collapsing. So the cabinetry was really holding up that part of the house just from the tension of it. So this was a big problem. They were going to have to spend a hundred thousand bucks to fix that probably by the time they're done because they were going to have to put a new kitchen in. They had framing to do. This had been going so long in this crawl space that the ductwork that was galvanized underneath it had rotted out, and on the ground down there, there were chunks of rotten pieces that were the size of a dinner plate. That's all that was left was for the ducting. So you had a 
heat running in this place. It was 90 plus degrees down there. Plus, we had all the steam in the water from every time they did that. There was going to be mold. This was going to be a $100,000 repair. And this was a $500 replumb that turned into hundreds of thousands of dollars. And because the neglect was so bad, it didn't look like that the insurance was going to cover it because somebody should have known better. So really, keeping attention to cracks in the foundation, humidity in the crawl space, making sure that you don't have water running into the basement walls and sitting down on the basement floor. Those are going to be expensive things that never get cheaper. They always get more expensive. So the longer you wait, the more expensive it's going to get. Now, I'm going to give you some tips here because there are some really nearly criminal companies out there doing foundation work around the country. I have them in my area. I'm sure you have them in yours. There are people out there that overcharge and try to scare the heck out of people because they say your house is going to fall down around you. And then they hit you for a full meal deal. I have seen companies that should have been sent, you know, charging you $30,000 for a massive project that were charging you $130,000 because they thought they could get it out of you. So here's my quick tip on this, a little side note. You have foundation damage you want to get fixed. Always make sure that you talk to structural engineer first and then talk to your foundation companies to find out what the fix is. That way you know you have the right fix with an engineering plan and then they can bid off the same thing so you know what you're paying for. That way you don't have four different solutions and four different plans. You don't know which one to deal with. So always deal with the professional in that one. Now, the next one here is a big one. Kind of goes off of this one into a different room. Mold in your house. Controlling humidity and proper ventilation and or dehumidification. Now, this is something when it gets ignored is massive. So if you got your house over 60% relative humidity, so my question to you is, is when was the last time you checked the humidity in your house? What was it like in your basement? What was it like in your crawl space? If you're slab on grade, it doesn't matter. But really, what is that humidity around in different parts of the house? Downstairs, upstairs, one side, other side, what is it? If it's over 60%, you're growing mold. So that means that you're going to have a mold situation. So you don't want it near that high. So you either have to figure out how to deal with those environmental concerns, how to deal with having a dehumidifier. And to me, a dehumidifier is not one of those little roll around ones you plug in that are the, the little instant ones. Those, those don't work well and they cost you a lot of money. So you want to put in something that's more serious or built in, you know, look at different brands. There's Santa Fe. There's a lot of different ones out there that are built in that are going to be much more efficient and not have the recall issues that you see with a lot of the portable ones that are just meant as a spot treatment and not meant to do a whole basement or house. Now, here's an easy one for you. It's an easy maintenance one. So make sure that you've got those vent fans running outside. Make sure that you've got in the bathrooms, those are all high-quality fans that vent completely to the exterior home, and you have them on timers that run for 20 minutes. That is one of the easiest ways to prevent that incidental mold damage that can be a big issue. So make sure you've got that under control, as well as you're using your kitchen vent hood a lot. If you've got the stove on, turn the vent hood on, vice versa, you get it. It's not hard. 
That will keep air quality so much better in the house, and that can also keep damage down as well. So the next one here on the list, and I want to make sure we power through these years, is not paying attention to electrical issues. Making sure that you have that dialed in. If you see a light flicker, or you have a light switch that isn't working, or you have a circuit that's kicking off sometimes, or maybe you've got a hot smell in a wall, these are all things you should be paying attention to. If you don't have, if you have one of the old Federal Pacific or one of the, you know, 1960s to 1970s electrical panels that were recalled due to fire hazard, make sure that you have those things swapped out. And now is the time to do it. Because I tell you what, my house, I had one of those Federal Pacifics at my house. And because there was an issue, I had um, basically, it was days away from a fire. And I had it where the neutral uh, bus bar and stuff on the inside had burned through and was going to be in contact with metal because the plastic had heaten up so much, it was cracked. So pay attention to those electrical demons. That could be a fire ready to start. And there's no way that's not going to get expensive. Around the house, we'll be right back. So now we've been talking about top 10 mistakes that can cost you the most in repairing your home. These are those things that people just kind of, oh, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And that's just like a slot machine or like watching the lotto numbers with the thing growing. It's just grown and getting more expensive. So these are my top 10 things that are adding to that and making a more expensive house repair. So some of the ones we talked about earlier uh, as a recap, HVAC, making sure your heating and cooling system is tuned up not caulking and keeping the house weather tight, water leaks in the bathroom and kitchen, power washing your shingled roof, foundation damage, water intrusion, ignoring those, mold ventilation and control and humidity is another one. And then the last one here before we went out to break was not paying attention to electrical issues. Now, next up here can be very expensive because I've seen it do tons of damage and that's roots from trees. Now, I love my trees. I've got all my, all around my house, but trees can also completely damage your driveway. It can damage the sewer line going to your house. It can also do a ton of foundation damage. I have seen massive sequoia trees push in foundations, and so the basement wall was collapsing. I've seen them lift up a house where the root goes underneath it, and as the tree grows, it lifts up on the house. So there are a lot of different things here within trees that you need to pay attention to, including their health, in case they go falling over your house or things like that. So managing the trees through maintenance, making sure you've got the root damage from like to a driveway or to your plumbing under control. So that's a key right there. So making sure that you've got that dialed in. Now, the next one here is going to be controversial for some people. And they're going to go, hey, it's, it's my right. And you know, it is your right. But there's also damage to your house here. One of the biggest damage things that I see out there 
And this is something, if you're going to put it up for sale, or you're going to, you know, do something with it. Smoking cigarettes in your house is one of the leading, most expensive things you can do to damage your home on the inside. Here's why. You, to come into a house that had a heavy smoker, and I have somebody in my kind of extended family that has a relative that is a heavy smoker, and I'm just going to talk about what would happen to this house if you needed to do something with it. Now, this house has had probably 30 years of smoking, 40 or 50. I don't know. I've been in it before. This home, by the time you go in there, you could take the time and wipe down all the walls and get the yellow tar off of it. But many times to do that right, I'm going to say you should take it down to the studs, start over, and then remove all the heating and cooling ducts and put in a new HVAC system. I have had a hard time getting ducts clean enough after smokers have been there where you don't get those whiffs of smoke that show up days, weeks, months, years later, and you're like, where did that come from? I can smell that cigarette smoke. So many times when I'd gone in and done repairs to homes that had smokers in them, you either wipe the walls down with multiple coats of TSP. I've gone through rags and towels and, you know, go get the thing of Costco towels, a couple bags of those. And literally you've got a pallet of paper towels and you're tossing them and you're wiping it down, getting it clean and going. And you're doing that for months, it seems, on end, trying to get every room cleaned up. So the things that get contaminated that you really can't fix, your heating and cooling system, you're going to see the vent fans in the bathrooms get all clogged up and nasty, especially where people will smoke in the bathroom. You know, that's another one. Hey, I'm going to go smoke in the bathroom. Those fans take the first beating and that goes away. And then flooring. Any one of the carpets and vinyls will soak that smell up like nobody's business. And those are things to watch out for. So in a nutshell here, if you're buying a house that was a, you're going to flip it and you're going to do this right, or you're buying a house that's a project house that had smokers in it, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. And here is my best advice for you. And this will kind of tell you about what some of the, the costs are involved with it. So first off, if it's had heavy smokers in, I'd take it right down to the studs. I would go in there. It's a good time to re-insulate, deal with any issues. The cabinetry, you're not going to get clean. The, you know, all of that stuff, it's just soaked in. It's just not going to come out with wood cabinetry. Particle board, that stuff soaks into. The oils, it's just... It's just brutal. So I'm going to say to do it right, go down to the studs, replace the heating and cooling system, replace the vent fans, take out any soft pieces like carpets and, and wallpapers, of course, if you're taking the drywall down anyway, it's going to come out. Draperies, all that stuff, pretty much tough to get that out. Then once you get that down, and this is a good time to re-insulate as well, I would take that all down and treat this like it was a house fire and get in there with the uh, primer sealers and seal off anything you can to keep that from coming back up through. And that's my best advice. All the new ductwork can go in. You can insulate. You can do all the upgrades. But uh, that is really the only way to be able to get that house, in my opinion, back to where you're not going to get those tinges of where'd that smoke smell come from? 
because it's going to come out of so many weird little places. If you think about it, if you've got air infiltration coming in and out of the house, maybe it's around outlet covers or things like that, that can get trapped in the insulation behind the wall because you had an air leak. And so that smell will continue and it's a really tough one to manage. So that's going to be one right there to really pay attention to is going to be that smoking. So sorry, smokers out there. Just talking about the damage that it's doing to the house and what somebody, whether it's you, your kids, or the next buyer is going to have to do to make it right. Now, our last one here is a little less for people living in the city, but for everybody else living out in the country a little bit, this one is for you. And this is not maintaining that septic system or your well. Now, with the septic system, they always recommend in many cases at least what I've been told by my septic experts, is to have somebody come out and pump that thing out every five years or so and get as many solids out of there and make sure that you're treating that system. Now, the newer systems that many states are requiring are very expensive because you have to put in these pressurized systems with pumps and electrical and all that kind of stuff. So you can spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 pretty quickly or more on a system. So if you have one that is currently working correctly, it is in your best interest to get as much life of that as you can without having a problem. So making sure that you're feeding it with the enzymes and you've got that going well, making sure that you're not putting things down it. I mean, it shouldn't be going down it. Be careful of things like garbage disposals and things like that or or flushing flushable wipes. These are things that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars when things go incorrectly. So be careful what you put down there. Make sure that you have somebody come out and inspect it and look at it every five years because the last thing you want to do is have to replace that. It's going to cost you a ton of money. Now, of course, in some areas where there's waterways and things like that, we will see where they will force you to upgrade it at some point. But as far as the septic system, get it running well. Make sure it's maintained. Make sure the drain field's not plugged up. That's good. Well systems, same kind of thing on the maintenance, making sure that it's getting tested. I always want you to test your well water, test that once a year, see what's in it. You know, some states will require you to, some won't, but really keeping an eye on what's in that water and making sure that that pump is running correctly because you can have pressure tanks that fail that will short cycle that pump and now you have to put a new pump in. And uh, there are things like that that I want to make sure that you're maintaining taken care of. So making sure that well is dialed in, making sure that the water quality is dialed in. Those are all things that are really important on there. Now, if there's something that you think that I've missed, I would love to hear from you. Head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. Hit the contact us. Is there something over there that uh, you think that I should have covered this week? Love to hear from you. Get your suggestions on what I could have covered in this top 10. Now, coming up in our next hour, the next episode, we're going to be talking about the secrets to bathroom remodeling. I'm going to talk about my secrets to save you the most money, the places where you can save money, the places where the most mistakes happen, and of course, how do we get around those? And those are keys to any time that you're doing a bathroom model. And I've done thousands of these things. So I'm going to give you my insider tips and tricks, whether or not you're hiring somebody to come do it, or it's a project that you're going to tackle yourself. Maybe it's a full gut job. Maybe you're just trying to fix it up, dress it up a little bit. Either way, you want to make it pretty, and I'm here to help you save money 
and do it correctly because nobody wants to do this project twice. Around the House will be right back for the next hour after these important messages. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.